gonna put that part on the episode, David. <laughs> put that on the bloopers. Anyway, Lord. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. Hey, welcome to the Happy Sex Talk podcast, y'all. I am here with my sister, Elsie Johnson. What's up? What's up? We are gonna get into the shits today. We are recording our Mother's Day episode. <laughs> Elsie's already mad at me for these fire round questions. So Listen, we'll first of all, as a precursor, before we even get fully into this episode, I just need y'all to know, like, if I blink three times, like, send help. Like, I'm not send okay. Send help immediately. I'm not okay. I need, I need support. Because oh my God. I'm not even, I was not supposed to have seen these, but y'all see your host out here got her questions out with highlighter, and I happened to I glance do. over, and I was like, oh. I oh, I'm do. sorry. Am I to answer? Am those? I to answer these highlighted questions? So listen. <laughs> three blinks. Also, three please, blinks. Please know that because I have a child in daycare, he infects me weekly, and I have a cough. So this is gonna happen. We're just gonna have to roll with it. I have crown and crayon to try to smooth out the tickle smooth in my throat. Smooth out the rough. You know, I really feel like, you know, an ancestral remedy of you like know, alcohol kills germs. That's how I feel. Fruit juice that's how is I feel. good for something. That's how I feel. So, you, you know, know, we're in a good place. We're in a good place. We're in a good place. All right. Okay. Back to back to regular schedule. Program. To- I just wanted y'all to know the signal. <laughs> blink three Be- times. Blink three times. That's like, I need to send help. Okay. That's what that's what the situation is. Okay. All right. Continue. Well, hopefully you ain't blinking three Listen, times. Don't worry about times. me. I'm talking to the audience. That's what you need to understand. I'm talking to All y'all. Right, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, welcome, y'all. Today is obviously going to be phenomenal between the two of us. We uh, are talking about a lot of things today, but um, I wanted Elsie to have some time to talk about uh, who you are, what you do, where you're from, all the things. All the things. And then also, girl, I keep looking at this microphone thinking I got my lip stuff on the microphone, but it's Rihanna. I should know it ain't coming off. Come on now with that Damn long Fenty. stay. Anyway, also I want to say congrats on making the 40 under 40 list. Oh, we're yes. gonna talk about that too. Okay, we're gonna talk. LC about is it. a boss, y'all. So like, this is royalty that you kind of in front of. This is Columbus, Ohio royalty right now. Okay. I'm literally drinking out of a mug with nipples. Yes, so you are. Just... All the nipples. Look at just show it. Show it a little bit. Put it up a little bit closer. This is a wide variety of nipples and areolas, y'all. We just need to respect it all because everybody's nipples look different. Amen. Amen. And I got a clitoris mug because obviously that's all I care about, as you can see on my shirt. Sheesh. So anyway, I, I digress. Elsie, go ahead. Do your intro. Talk about who you are, what you do. All right. And all I things. Guess, I guess I'm up. So first and foremost, <laughs> once again, I, I just need to offer a few additional disclaimers. <laughs> One being the fact that Erica literally was just the first time Erica asked me to be on her podcast. <laughs> She was literally just like, will you come over and be on my podcast? Like, the way you ask somebody, like, will you come hang out with me? Like, no preparation, no time. But just like, yo, come be on my podcast. So, your host believes that I need no preparation. So, my performance will be uh, for you to decide whether or not it would have been better with preparation. But, you know, we we just going into it. So She'll be fine. Allow me to allow me to introduce myself. Um, so my name is Elsie Johnson. <laughs> I am um, mother, wife, entrepreneur, daughter, black woman, um, sister, person of pleasure, aiming to be more of a person of pleasure, interesting hey. in exploring that more on this podcast. Um, most people in Columbus, Ohio, where I live, know me best in association with my um organization that I founded called Zora's House. Zora's House is a co-working space, leadership incubator um, that is all about the healing, creativity, leadership, and activism of women of color. Um, Our editor is not going to be able to bleep some of these things out. So... I'm just going to take some deep pauses Man, so that our editor can come up in here and be like, let me cut here. I mean, <laughs> just... I'm already worried we're going to have to re-record the intro because I just left the music playing the whole time and I don't know. If First of all, like... y'all better take that music because, <laughs> because we decided listen, upon that. We decided upon for Karen you, White Superwoman for, you, for y'all. For okay? you, like... It was, I mean, we decided this over Marco Polo. Yes, we did. Video <laughs> messaging app if you ain't hip. If you ain't hip, get hip. Marco Polo is dope. 
Um, yeah, we worked real hard to decide. We worked real hard. So anyway, enjoy that. Enjoy that intro music, y'all. Anyways, we're not re-recording. Yeah, no, we're not. Um, so yeah, that's me. I, I, Zora's house is a co-working space, community space, um, gathering space that is really created by and for women of color. And I like to say, um, you know, our job is really to. Uh, catalyze and encourage and support whatever dreams that black women and other women of color have for themselves, their families, and their communities. So that's what the fuck we do. Absolutely. Um, and we have a real Unapolog- good time. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. And yes. we have a real good time while we're doing it. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Zora's house is, uh, is the place to be. I mean, yeah. Even in a pandemic when it's shut down, like your virtual events are still like Listen, the place to be. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> So yeah, that's yeah. me. Okay, so what's this experience of, of finding yourself on this 40 under 40 list been like? Let's talk about that for a minute. So yo, let's talk about this because <laughs> interestingly enough, somehow this like super crusty award actually belongs <laughs> on a podcast called Happy Sex Talk. Um, <laughs> not for the reason your dirty mind is imagining, but because, um, you know, 40 under 40 is you know a a relatively like prestigious kind of award here in columbus and you know i reflected a lot the day that i got it on how i you know felt uncomfortable kind Mm -hmm. of like reveling and sharing and celebrating yeah and i think when we really get down to what is the root of pleasure and what does it mean to experience pleasure in a variety of different ways absolutely part of that also means honoring our desire and seeking our joy and Mm -hmm. and making time and space for celebration and i really struggle with that at times so you know it was um you know, I, I made this really clear. I, I have my own YouTube channel, which we will definitely link to. Oh, we will definitely um, link to that because that's also fire. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. I'll be watching all those episodes. So <laughs> I definitely made a whole video just just kind of like reflecting on that experience. And, yeah. um, you know, just, just kind of talking about how this was something that I actually, you know, this wasn't something that was just like, oh, we just here you came right. out like i applied for this yeah i freaking sought this out yeah but then when i got it i just felt so uncomfortable mm-hmm. like sharing or celebrating myself um yeah and so that it's it's just been one of those like complicated experiences like yeah, pleasure is yeah, for yeah. a lot of us yeah no that's a, that's a that's a great point i'm glad that you kind of made that connection because i mean i'm sure we'll get into this a little bit but it is really hard to you know to to kind of acknowledge when you've done something that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think that that's something that we can all learn from. I don't, and especially for black women, I think it's even more complicated because there's layers to like, you know, how we were told to, um, kind of showcase our, our talents or our, like, you know, it's kind of like, eh, I mean, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far, but like also don't be extra about right. it. Right. And also, you get know, half like, the credit. Yeah, so. get half the credit and like, you know, you get something that's great. Let's move forward and keep pushing. Like there's really no, uh, you know, there's there's no sort of um, stop it and celebrate and like enjoy right. your accolades. Right. right. Because that's you've right. been working your ass off. Like yes. you deserve I this and more. No ass. <laughs> literally. literally now i finally have a reason why. literally the ass is gone finally have it a came reason back why. a little bit we're all good right? <laughs> worked the ass off got the award now a return and we can drop it like a side let's go you know, that's it that's twerks out. the twerks circle out. of life twerks out circle of life absolutely <clears throat> oh y'all oh lord as we uh i want to pretend like i'm drinking like tea I mean, I don't know something like real you know, civilized. Tea probably like would have been a better option for me. First of all, it would have. Uh, <laughs> we should have had David warm this crown up. I'm, <laughs> Can you I warm this made, up with I, just a little bit of what lemon? What I should have done is made a hot toddy. But you know, I'm not as confident in my hot toddy skills as I used to be. Now could be the time. Now could be the time to relearn. Okay, so what I'm gonna say is, I always explain why I bring guests onto the podcast but I feel like Elsie just explained that for me. All of these dope reasons that she just listed about the things that she's doing in the city uh, and you know, all the accolades that she gets and deserves are all the reasons why she's here but mainly, she's also like my sister and so, we have these conversations about, <clears throat> you know, being a being a mompreneur that's is, right you know the, the phrasing I, that I, has been like randomly put into the universe i'm still not really sure where it started i, I semi hate that phrase right. even though i was the one who like even said like oh we could do this mompreneur yeah. vibe and i think it's just because 
you know, and now I'll get serious for a minute, but you know, I think it's because like many kind of, um, identities and and things like that and when when you talk about motherhood and kind of like the public discourse like that's a very white term absolutely right so it's like yeah. mompreneurs we're yes. mompreneurs this right. is like a very like this is a very a term that is very much oftentimes applied to white women yeah. with businesses etc yeah. etc et and it's not that i'm anti being a part of that culture but i think to be honest, it's like another way that I, I think about how um, womanhood and motherhood are often contextualized through yeah. like the white absolutely. female experience. Oh, absolutely. And so, Without you question. know, I think that yeah. that that phrase to me really kind of brings up like, yeah. you know, but at we got to we got to figure out a, a phrase that makes us feel good about using it. But for the moment, we that, don't use that. But I just I got to put that disclaimer what, out there. But I totally right. I totally agree. Yeah, because looking looking at, at black womanhood and black motherhood through the lens of whiteness is not at all what we're about but that is not pleasurable not at all in case you're making a list for in yourself in case you're making a list do for not yourself. put that on not it not pleasurable not at all so <coughs> you know let's just keep it sexy and get into these fire rounds this fire round question how you feeling all right if if you are just tuning into the podcast <laughs> if for some reason you missed the intro um we we being myself and the audience you me and you we have a little thing going on um if i blink three times like send help i'm not okay i these questions i was really not, not prepared for and also Girl. i feel like if i had less melanin like my face would be lit up right now <laughs> and and people who know me who watch this are going to find that hilarious because they know me to be somebody who's very open and very transparent but apparently i have the like public sensibilities of like a nine and like 1890 victorian you know, school mom because it's fine she was just like vagina and i'm like oh <laughs> we gonna talk about that on camera we gonna talk about right, it on so camera. i'm ready that's but that's the sign three three blinks three, three blinks. blinks okay so help all right Come get me. so first question is hmm. who's your favorite sexually liberated icon oh um, like over time it doesn't have to be uh, like a current I mean you see what I'm saying yes, dead I alive do. or otherwise yep <laughs> who is my favorite sexually lubricated 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 okay oh, I mean Lord. that's fine we could also talk about lube today cause you kinda threw that in there lube saves lives <laughs> FYI but we could talk about that later so I haven't given this a lot of thought um and so what's coming up for me actually was a few months ago actually about six months ago when the music video WAP came out uh -huh. Erica myself and another colleague of ours Treva um had a conversation about that and what that meant mm -hmm. for um female you know especially black female sexuality yes, um and so what's coming up for me I would not say that either of those either of those women would be like my icon but what I will say is that that song you know was um like really created a moment for me where yeah. I felt like yo like yep. I really felt like black like black yeah female bodied sexuality was being celebrated absolutely in some really special ways so yeah. that would be my my favorite uh, iconic moment of okay recently. okay yeah i can take that i can take that because definitely i i would agree i wouldn't say that they're like you know like a favorite icon but the but the feeling that came from yes. that song was an iconic was moment an iconic sure. moment yes. for sure and yeah. i think the conversation that the three of us had reached farther than we realized because right. more people have reached out to me from watching that conversation than any other like speaking engagement that I've had in 2020. That's right. So put a pin in that because maybe we need to revisit like me, you and Treva as a dynamic for Zora's house of like talking about more things like that because I think we created an atmosphere that made people feel safe for like talking about those types yeah, of things. Yeah, I think so that's real. I, I think, think that's, that's real. something to consider too. Anyway, that's a little side note. <clears throat> okay, so have you ever had sex in a dangerous place? In a dangerous place. And I'll let you define what dangerous means. Right. I'm like, good lord. <coughs> you know. Um, I don't think that I've had, ne I don't think I've had sex in a dangerous place. I've had sex in many public places. Well, I mean, that's dangerous. If you get caught, you're going to jail. I mean, you probably get shot in today's Well, day in age. today's, Shit. I mean, that's, you know. Good lord. A, a, get, sad, a sad but lord. harsh reality. Ugh. Yeah. Um, right. So, yes, I would say I've but, had, I have had sex in many public places okay 
And that is the end of that. <laughs> that is the end of that. No details needed. No okay, details all right. details forthcoming. That's cool. <laughs> um, so who was your first love in real life or fiction? And let me pause because I've been excited to ask this question to you because I know that you read like all the books. And oh so I've gosh. been waiting for somebody to answer this question where their first love is is like somebody that they fell in love with that isn't an actual real person. Um, clearly it's Shang from Mulan. <laughs> And yes, why I knew would you, would you come even through. ask me? Because I that you much is, is obvious. Okay. But like anyone who watched Mulan and yes. didn't fall in love with Shang, like, I mean, so I would say that like, you know, um, my husband is certainly like the first love that I've really had uh-huh. in my life. I had a, I, and I say that because in part, because like, you know, I, I dated a little bit in high school. Mm-hmm. I had a really traumatic um, experience in college that like kind of kept me off, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, dating mm-hmm. and, and sexual activity for most of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met my husband like six months after okay. I graduated from college. Gotcha. So I was still young. And so, you know, I would say that he is, you know, he is my one great love. Yeah. However, Shang from Mulan. Lay <laughs> like, it down for me right now. This, I need to all the details. Okay. So, first of all, <laughs> when I was watching Mulan, I was literally just like, this man is sexy. Uh-huh. Like, he out here trying to make well, his wait, way okay. in the world. So, for those who do, who have not watched Mulan, explain who he is in okay. the character Okay, so, first art. of all, go watch it. Well, yes. Um, but the whole point is that, Mulan is, po- is is posing as a young man to take her father's place in the army and Shang is her commander. Mm-hmm. His dad is like reports directly to the general or is a general who reports directly right. to the emperor uh-huh. and so he leaves like you know he leaves his son in charge of right. this like ragtag group of yeah. kind of like misfit officers <laughs> to try to like shape them up uh-huh. of which Mulan is one. Right. And so you know, I just, I remember for the first time just being like, oh, like, you oh. know, first of all, the way they drew his chest, though, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, because, yeah, like, yeah. And his was, height was a thing. His height is a thing. It was just you know, all of it. You know yeah, what I mean? It was, mean? It was just like it. the whole yeah. situation. Yeah. He was smizing at me a lot. He you really know what I'm did. He it, had was, that it was like down. the, I, I just was like, I, I, you, you real yeah. good looking. And it's to the point where my husband, knowing that he's my, my true love in real life, <laughs> Constantly reminds me oh, that Sheldon. he is voiced by Donny Osmond, and I'm like, I mean, how dare you disrespect me this way? This is, I, mean, I don't care if it's he's true. He's not wrong. He's, but he can I be honest correct. with you? In all the times, I mean, I didn't watch that movie a lot growing up, but I watched it enough that, like, I, as an adult, I should have known that Donny Osmond voiced this character. No. I didn't realize this until like I had a son, and he became obsessed with the movie enough that we had to put the soundtrack on his playlist. And then Donny Osmond's name came across, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Listen, Sheldon brings this up every time I start talking about how hot he is. He's like, oh, you mean Donny? Oh, you mean Donny? I'm like, why do you have to be this way? First off. Why do you have to be this? And Batman, of course. (coughs) Like, this was. I said nothing about his voice being the element that made him sexy. Let's be very clear. Right, I said nothing about I said nothing about the illustrated chest The illustrated chest. That's what I was. That's what, that that was it for me, dog. It's all, you know what I'm saying? We didn't say nothing about the voice. Listen. Tell Shona to calm down. Right. Okay, jeez, man. Okay. Mm. Okay, here's a good one. You have a time machine. Okay. What moment in your sexual journey are you going back to change re-experience or warn yourself about Hmm. I would probably say so I'm gonna freaking skirt this question first of all (laughs) so y'all will will quickly see that if I don't fully want to answer a question we gonna go around that question but I'm gonna make it real it's a great skill that Elsie has so Here's what I'm going to say about this. When Erica and I, a couple weeks ago, were doing a talk together and you were talking about the difference between, um, I think it was like intimacy and... Intimacy and sensuality. And sensuality, Mm -hmm. right? And I would say that there are some moments, the difference being... Erica, do you want to describe the difference between intimacy and sexuality? Uh, Yeah, so intimacy... Yeah, intimacy is more of like... Uh, you know, you can be intimate with anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a romantic sense. Like what we're doing right now is an intimate experience as friends, like sharing these stories and talking about, you know, some of these life experiences that we've had Um, just as much as like having an intimate moment with my husband can be intimate. So intimacy is more like 
of a broad kind of like umbrella term to it to kind of explain any any circumstance where you have a sense of closeness with somebody Mm -hmm. now um sensuality is more so about uh appreciating and understanding your body and others bodies so that usually requires a bit of a deeper level of connection and uh that does usually involve some sort of sexual um you know connection and experience so just a little bit a, a different layer of intimacy if you will but yeah a lot Thank of times you. they get exchanged like as the same word and they're, they don't mean the same thing so erica broke all that down for us and i think thinking about my sexual experience i kind of break it down into moments where i was intimate versus moments mm-hmm. when i was sensual and i think there are more moments especially when i was younger where i feel like i would I gave my intimacy and trust to people who I don't think really deserved it. Absolutely. And I yeah. think that that those Oof. there are are moments that I think I would go back to and I would just ask my younger self like are you really valuing yourself right now mm-hmm. and what you're giving the pieces of yourself that you're about to give and sharing this or sharing this experience and I think there yeah. were times that I would go back and kind of um, I don't know, just change up some of those moments of intimacy yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave to people who probably did not deserve that level of intimacy. I would absolutely do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and I think part of that is because for me, like, where I, I grew up in Pataskala and, <clears throat> you know, the boyfriends that I had, it, they were very few and far between. None of them were really that serious except for one that I dated that also happened to be black. And so we connected on a <clears throat> on another level, um, but you know, I was biracial and considered in some ways like this exotic person because mm-hmm. I grew up around a yep. bunch of white, like corn, of course, you know, corn fed people like, hey, Patasla people who are listening, but you know, I'm right. We drove <laughs> tractors to school like one day a year. Like it's a whole thing. Okay. Like, right. So um, I didn't really get into a world where like people I was dating actually appreciated me yes. for who I yes. was versus being like this yes, fulfillment the of, of you, the idea the of life. me. Right. So I didn't really experience that until I got to college. And then I didn't know what to do with that attention. And so I was just out here thotting and bopping, catching up for a long time. Ain't nothing time. wrong with that, first of Ain't all. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Definitely still being safe, but but thotting and bopping in a way that, like, I wish that, you know, our society doesn't really talk to anyone about, uh, like, making sure that things as simple as, like, spending time with someone, like, yes. is is essential as like a a foundation part of building a relationship right platonic or otherwise that's right and that you have to be really careful about who you give your time to correct right like i feel like i didn't learn that lesson until i was well into my 20s maybe even maybe close to my 30s i mean that that intimacy piece and that's why i said when you brought that up at that podcast it really it stood out to me because i do think that it's something that we often, even when we can look at those two things as separate, we all yeah. we almost always feel like, or it talk about as if they have to be together. Like yeah. if you're intimate, you're sexual. Right. If you're sexual, you're intimate. Right. Um, right. As if those two things aren't two separate things. Right. So they are not you know, mutually exclusive. I, yeah. I definitely think I would go back and uh, yeah. think about some of those those intimate moments yeah. and really kind yeah. of like talk to myself about where right. my motivation was, where my head was at when yeah. I was having that level of intimacy with with folks absolutely absolutely and i and i think too you know my my perspective of my sexuality was that i existed for everybody else's pleasure of course and enjoyment it wasn't my sexuality and my body didn't actually exist for me to enjoy or to appreciate or to whatever right and so i've always had body issues i mean i've been doing this work for 15 years and I'm still like literally had a moment today. Like it's a thing. I will have body image issues and like, you know, concerns around that probably for the rest of my life. Right. It's just how it is. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter how long you in a field where like, you know, I'm surrounded by body affirming people on a regular basis, but it doesn't change the fact that like, I still grew up in a society that doesn't, and, and <laughs> you know, move through, you, yeah, and right. Move through today yeah. a society. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, so I think that if I were to, if I were to go back, I would kind of warn myself about like the fact that my body exists for me and that I don't have to do certain things to gain attention from people who didn't really want to give it to me in the first place. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I found myself in situations with people like where I'm like in long term, like, you know, not the best sort of relationships with people because they're getting something from me, but I haven't gotten shit from them. That's right. And but I, I think, but I'm over here thinking like, oh my gosh, we're really like, this is it. It's just me and that. Like, no, 
Nope. That was never, that was never the case. Nope. Right. And so then of course, you know, I meet David when I'm 20 and a sophomore in Miami and I'm like, who, <laughs> who is this dude who like actually wants to get to know who I am? Whoa. And like, whoa, like <laughs> it's genuinely this nice to everybody, you know? So it's like, then you meet somebody who, who is giving you that space right? right and and you don't know how to react and i'm just kind of like oh man like i wish that society would kind of let us know that like this that's is okay normal, right like, this is what it's yeah to be. you that's know right. so like i had had conversations with my dad of course who like you know tried to tell me like the type of person that i deserved to be with sort of thing but like when you're talking to your dad about it it's like okay dad like you're saying this because you're my dad right like which like hopefully they which would be. which hopefully but, they like, would be but like you just don't really take it you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like when your parents course, give you advice, you're like, yeah. So anyway, there are a lot of things that I would go back and, you know, kind of talk about. But I'm but I'm with you on the, like, getting people to understand that, like, who you spend your time with on an intimate level. And your emotional is, energy, I think. Yeah, emotional and, energy is everything. You know, we've been having more of a conversation yeah. about that, especially in... I think more of a, a vocal and visible conversation, especially in 2020, as yeah. more black folks have said, I don't want, I'm not going to do this emotional labor. I yeah. think emotional labor is a is a concept that's really come to the forefront. And if you're not familiar, I definitely would encourage you to look that up a little yeah. bit more. But yes. it, it just speaks to the work of yeah. putting into emotion, like the work and emotions that go into certain conversations, certain activities. Yep. And oftentimes right now it's being used in this context of like the emotional labor of explaining blackness yep. to non-black people especially as it relates to racial and social justice mm -hmm. however i think that like emotional labor is a huge part of relationships yes. so like when yeah. i think about intimacy i think about emotional labor yeah and where we are spending that emotional absolutely labor on, basically yeah absolutely no that's great that's great that could be a whole damn uh podcast it episode in itself y'all welcome y'all welcome. welcome subscribers you welcome you welcome okay so this is my favorite question to ask <laughs> watch my eyes watch what? my eyes what's your strongest sexual asset <laughs> all right i ain't gonna blink y'all <laughs> break it down oh. break it down what is my strongest sexual asset i would say that um I really like to please my partner. Yeah. Like I really get, I really get off on, you know, the person that I'm with, mm -hmm. like feeling pleasure. Like that yeah. turns me on yeah. a lot. And Absolutely. so I think, um, I think because of that, like I, I tend to be like a very giving partner mm -hmm. and, you know, very active <laughs> and I'm not going to say much more cause I don't know who about to be watching this. <laughs> so who about to, cause you know, my mama be watching everything that I post. Okay. Well, Hey mama. Oh my God. <laughs> you grown and married. She Great. understands. Good Lord. <laughs> you got two whole ass kids. Okay? I don't know how. Listen, immaculate <laughs> conception. What you talking about? What you oh talking my about? Gosh. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, that's a good asset to have. Listen, I, would say. I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy. That is, you making know, sure it's, you're enjoying. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that, that you get, that you get a lot of pleasure from being the person who gives pleasure like people don't make the connection because like, it's not a normal thing that you would that you would think about right you right, think right. like no the receiving end of that would would give me more pleasure than the giving part of it but that's right, but not really, always yeah, the case I for just, people i enjoy the giving yeah. i think yeah 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 no i hear you i hear you okay so we're gonna get into the sexy topics now Good lord, those are the sexy topics. No, I those are my fire round questions. I about Shay, I didn't talk about freaking the, the. Those are just the warm up questions. All right. <laughs> Woo. I think you got it, though. I'm glad I put my big girl panties <laughs> on for this one. This is a, this is a lot. Listen, All right, we ready. We over here with lip color on. We adults. We got full lip full, color. What y'all got? Long last. lips. That lips. long last. Man. We ready. Okay, so I want to talk about Zora's house for a minute before okay. we get into, like, the super sexy topics I'm going to ease right. into. E thank you. You're ease welcome. Ease I, I mean, Lubrication because, you know, lube is important. It's necessary. Yeah, yeah. I ain't just going to jump all in with no lube and make it all uncomfortable. Right. Thank you. Anyway, so I want to know, what's it like for your brainchild to, like, what? I mean, what is it like to know that your brainchild is bringing so much, like, joy, pleasure, and community for women of color all over the country at this point? Because now that the pandemic has happened there's like pros and cons to this right is that zora's house is not open until what the end of this month right That's right yeah they're opening again at the end of this month but you've been closed for quite some time and so that allowed you to make memberships now be virtual as well 
which opened up to a whole new slew of members that you didn't have access to before because a lot of the events were in person. So now we can say all over the country, which is huge, right? Very exciting. Really, you know, it's one of those things to your point about, um, first of all, you know, the, the, I think one of the things that's so powerful about the resistance that black folks and resilience that black that have are, that have always been a part of the black tradition is this idea of like finding joy and opportunity yeah. and so yes we have an entire pandemic which has been yep. shit and the you know we still up in this panorama and who knows yep. like when things are going to even get back to a semblance of yeah. of the norm that we right. understand right, right, right however you know being able to find opportunities and i think for me definitely being able to extend Zora's house and um, you know our community in in a virtual sense and reach more people um, all over the country I I think a lot about our Black Feminist Night School that's happening tonight at 9 happening tonight y'all are definitely not gonna be watching I mean you're not gonna be watching at a time but the day that we are recording it is happening tonight at 9 this is true Um, and what I love about that is that we just get folks from all over the country like Mm -hmm. we always check in people like calling from San Diego I'm calling from uh, yeah, I'm from Philly. I'm it's here. So dope. And just like having that conversation. So yeah. I would say that for me, you know, bringing pleasure and joy and community through Zora's house mm-hmm. means that I try to hold myself to a standard where I'm making sure that I am living those values in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's very easy as the founder and entrepreneur, head hustler to mm-hmm. constantly, um, you know, just be on the grind to yeah. like be figuring out, okay, where's the next funding coming from? You know, I got to write this grant. We got yeah. this thing happening. Yeah. Um, and just really be head down, focused on, you know, the getting in the weeds of like getting the work done. And I right. think knowing that we bring so much joy often, you know, makes me take a step back and say, you know what? Are you getting joy right now? Are you getting getting pleasure right now? Are you feeling like you are really in community right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things that have just been, um, I think that that is how that's really impacted impacted my life because yeah. otherwise I'd be just out here workaholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still a workaholic, yeah. like 100. No, percent So I think just the fact that <laughs> I have, have that, that in common. correct to like kind of balance me, it's like yeah. a reminder to really seek that in my own life as well, which I really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know it's really interesting because I've been in this work for 16 years, and I think when I first you know got into it, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do or like how I wanted to because happy sex talk started off as a tumblr blog when I was in grad school just answering anonymous questions it was just like this online persona that like I was like okay this is gonna be my fun to get me out of the academic world of sex ed and just do like something fun for myself because it's something I could manage right and it's not like the blog took off so I didn't have you know a bunch of questions to answer all the time it was something that was manageable Um, And then it it didn't hit me that, like, I wanted it to actually be an LLC until I moved back here to Columbus. But the fact that, like, sex and pleasure and intimacy and relationships and, like, talking about all those things is my job is also, like, this reminder of, like, don't forget that those things exist in your life. And I, you know, in full disclosure, (coughs) I am not the best at remembering (laughs) that I am also a human being who, like, has, A whole human. A whole human. Uh, who has a whole ass partner whole partner um you i've know, met him he's real he's real he is um you know and and like I, I just i have to get those reminders for myself sometimes that like yes this is my profession but it's also like a part of my livelihood as a human being right to 100%. have these experiences for myself so you know it's it's just kind of it's something that I definitely have to balance because it's hard when, you know, when you think about sex and everything you do that's related to sex and sexuality is your profession. It's really hard to then turn the switch to be like, okay, well, now I'm the sexual being because I'm, like, still in academic mode sometimes. So, like, there has to be a little bit of a transition period for me. Of course. <coughs> Between those two spaces. But, yeah, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. It, it definitely holds you kind of accountable to the things that you need to in those, your life. Exactly. Yeah. You're espousing those yeah. values, being like, well, I need to make sure I'm being true to these things. Too. Absolutely. Um, okay, so mm, we're going to talk about the word that we don't like to talk about, mompreneurs. Mompreneurs. <laughs> so we, That's all right. We already did our disclaimer. We already did so our disclaimer. Good. This we're is true. Good. This is true. So you and I talk about this often, right, about the struggles that we experience being mompreneurs in this crazy, like, uncertain time of COVID and then also just outside of COVID, right? 
So how are you managing everything? Like, do you, have you found? <laughs> LOL. Ha- yeah, Blink right. three times. I need Blink help. three times. Yeah. <laughs> have you found any like helpful techniques or tools that like, you know, the listeners could use for their own lives to kind of help them through these tough times of managing things? Yeah. So um, first and foremost, just to give you all a little bit of context around my story, I think that makes the mompreneur angle even more real. (laughs) So um, Zora's house is a physical space Mm -hmm. that my husband and I built from the ground up. And by built from the ground up, I mean, we clearly hired people to build it because we don't know how to (laughs) build a house. But like, you know, we bought a vacant Although I wouldn't be surprised if you did. First of all, that's why I gotta be this. If these were skill sets that y'all had, I would not be surprised at all. Wow, and carpentry. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, and not. Yeah, yeah. So just to be clear, <laughs> um, you know, we we um, purchased the vacant lot, and you know, we had Zora's house built on that space. Mm-hmm. And you know, the day that we broke ground on Zora's house was the day I gave birth to my son. So it was literally happening in the same day. Felt like both things were like <laughs> oh, coming so into the world at the yeah. at the same time in some ways, and so. Um, you know, this idea of like mompreneurship, this idea of like my motherhood and my entrepreneurial journey being so, um, intertwined with one another Mm -hmm. is real for me on so many levels. Um, and it has been, it, it always has been. And I think, um, you know, similar to that since, since that time Zora's house opened in 2018, we actually live on the same lot as Zora's house. And so truly like, you know, Zora's house has grown up with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I gave birth to Kara, um, you know, working through being able to delegate and bring people in enough to be able to take a maternity leave was a huge, huge challenge for me. And yeah. I remember, you know, almost in, in October, I remember having a conversation with a friend and almost being like, should I just shut, should I just shut it down? Like, I'm just going to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like I literally was going to shut everything down for six months just because I was so uncomfortable bringing other people in and asking for help. I was like, I'd rather shut this entire shit down for half a year yeah. than like ask for help. Yeah. Um, and I think having to work with a few mentors, a business coach, some other folks to help me really um, think through like what was happening there and like what I was so afraid of. Yeah. Um, uh, being afraid of, of feeling like I was going to disappoint people being afraid of being let down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I say all that to say that like, you know, so many elements of my entrepreneurial journey have really um, been parallel with moments that have been important right. to me as a mom. Um, and so as for your question about how I, if <laughs> and how I figured it out, LOL, I haven't. Um, so I mean, I didn't expect I, that you figured it out, but I mean, there are like, some things that like, on a day-to-day basis you can use to kind that's of real. help yourself be, I must say because be that's, okay <laughs> that's a friendship ender if I came in here I was like actually I have I haven't told you yet like I figured all this shit I figured out. it like, all out I'd be like weeks we ago. cannot be friends so you right be like first of all um friendship so, over <laughs> immediately over podcast ended. um so I think that for me you know some things that are really important is definitely having a really amazing partner and working on our communication and I think being very clear about my needs as a mom and as an entrepreneur. Um, Those are things that I struggle with, have struggled with. Um, And I think, you know, one has really encouraged me. Like they both encouraged me to like push myself on my communication with my husband um, and talking to him about what I need, Mm -hmm. um, understanding his needs as well and how that interacts with the things that I need. So communication is a big piece. And then to be honest, just like, you know, transparency is another really big one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have kind of given up this this pretense that, like, I have everything together, <laughs> um, which is why so many people who know me when I'm, like, blushing about sex questions would <laughs> probably be surprised because I'm so transparent in a lot of areas of my life. Yeah. Like, I'm always just like, this is what's happening. If something is, even when we are experiencing, like, a technical issue yeah. at Zora's house, I will literally just email people and be like, um, this is a mess, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And so I think really allowing other people to like see the fullness of the journey and say like, hey, like you just saw that that 40 under 40 announcement. And last week I just posted a picture of my living room, which is piled high with like five feet worth of laundry. Oh my God, the laundry never ending. The never ending laundry, right? It's never done. And so like these are things (laughs) I think like that level of, of transparency. And I actually think that like those two, those are actually two posts that I made on social media. And I think 
think they got the same level of engagement yeah. because allowing people to see that. Um, yeah. And then my last thing would just be like, listen, some of these fucking balls are going to drop. Yes. And you're going to drop some balls. Man. And it's really not about trying to like keep them all in the air. It's yeah. just trying to be intentional about what drops and when. Yeah. And I think that for me has been the biggest thing of being like, you know what? The dishes need to be cleaned. Like, Sheldon and I haven't had sex in weeks. Yeah. Like, I also need to write this proposal. Yeah. This kid has, like, been wetting the bed. Right. So, like, which of these things... I cannot address... All of them. All of these things. Yeah. Not, like, logistically, not yeah. emotionally. Right. Which one or two of these things can I address right now? Which of these things is just gonna be... Yeah. Is not gonna get addressed right now. Yeah. Um. And so I think just knowing that you're gonna drop some balls and then being like... That, that, that's it like you yeah. make that you be intentional about it you communicate it to the people that are impacted and just be like this is the capacity I have right now yeah. here's what I'm gonna address like today and tomorrow yeah. and like go from there yeah. you know and I think just like creating that culture even in my household of being like what like not even asking the question like how are we gonna get it all done it's just like what balls are we gonna drop absolutely like let's make this decision yeah let's together. just make this decision together absolutely I, I couldn't agree more I think that's I think that's honestly how David and I have probably survived quarantine too is like you know having because with with us our emory just started going back to daycare so listen to these superheroes out here two kids under five here 24 7 um every day and (coughs) we're both like you know working and trying to manage things and i think if we didn't have that honest open communication about our capacity and like what we have the ability to manage on a day-to-day basis we probably wouldn't have survived (laughs) this uh you know pandemic because i think it's um i think it's really crucial to kind of have those uh you know those conversations because the concept of balance is a joke it's not a real thing i I mean that's the one thing that i've learned and (laughs) and starting happy sex talk backup posts like my extended maternity leave with dia is like balance is a joke and it's a matter of understanding that at certain points other things are going to take priority over others and as long as you can be as consistent as you possibly can, like that's it. You know, to me, it's less about balance, more about intentionality. Yeah, and right. Being Absolutely. Thoughtful about the choices yeah. that you're making, and yeah. then of course, you know, being communicating that to the people who will be yeah. affected. Right. I think sometimes we feel so guilty because we're like, oh, I can't address this right now, yeah. and like, I know at least for me, like my coping mechanism, oftentimes, if I feel like I'm letting somebody down, is just to be like let me just like not talk to this person <laughs> right now because I don't want them to like call me out on the fact that um, I'm being a shitty friend or a shitty wife or a shitty, you know, daughter or what sister yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of like, let me just try to be invisible uh-huh. instead of, yeah. you know, I've been really working on being like, honestly, I don't have the capacity for this right now. Yeah. Like I recently had to tell a friend of mine, we talk on a really regular basis and I had to tell her, I was like, hey, just FYI, I have a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. I've been feeling a little bit of stress. So if there's something that you specifically need from me, like reach out and let me know. But I was like, I'm not going to be the like observant friend to like recognize something is going yeah. wrong. And yeah. I was like, nothing was going wrong, but I was like, just FYI, just FYI like yeah. for the next like, Four to six weeks, like yeah. don't drop hints. Like if you need something, you need something tell just me. Tell I'm me. gonna be more yeah. self involved than I usually yeah, am. And yeah, I just yeah. instead of being like, damn it, like I'm out here, I can't even like focus on my friends. Yeah. I just tell them. Yeah. And I think like that alleviates that burden of feeling right. Like you well, have to and be I think perfect. you know, being that self aware takes work, and being able to admit to yourself that you can't be everything for everybody takes work. You know, right. and I think that. Um, it's definitely a skill set that people should learn because I do think that it does, it does, like you said, alleviate some of that like anxiety about not being able to be there for the people that you care about because sometimes things just take over and there's not anything you can do about it. And it's not that you don't love those people. It's just that your more of your time has to be given to certain 100%. things at certain times, you know? Um, but one of the things that you and I have started doing is planning together. So first of all, <laughs> another uh behind the scenes of this podcast is literally as we were going over this we're like so are we about to incorporate this conversation about planning absolutely yes we are what will the segue be no clue we can literally be like so anyway that's that about the clitoris so we've been planning together and just like the moment has arrived the moment has arrived friends it's time to talk about planning just for a short (laughs) just for a short little bit 
So we are decorative planners. We are. And I, I have my planner and I don't even have it. I didn't even bring it in here. Yeah, mine. So we're gonna have mine, to. Yeah, mine is kind of far away too. We'll have to like show it to you at some other time. Yes, but we love stickers. That's right. And color coding and, and all the all the organization. All, and all what's the what's hilarious is I think a lot of people look at there and they're like, oh my gosh, like. Um, you're so organized or like how do you get all this done and I was like I honestly feel like sometimes it's the illusion of, yes. of yes. <laughs> it's it's giving in to like the feeling that we yes. are in control of stuff that we really are that not we really in control are not. of yes. Yes. Um, that really feels good and at least for me I've always been like a list maker like yeah, me too. you know me when too. it comes to I live and die by a list oh my gosh Trust. like list yeah. I'm gonna write this down yeah. like to do list I mean, just, I, I have yeah. always, that has always been such a yeah, huge, too. important part of, like, how I navigate kind of, like, my uh -huh. time and what, I, what I'm what i focused on at any given time. And so, my sister was the one who first introduced me to decorative planner. And some of y'all are going to be like, what does this even mean? <laughs> I'm just going to drop, we just going to drop some hashtags yeah, on the be, video yeah. or down below. You'll be able to uh -huh. see. It's, but a, it's a whole world. It's We're, a whole world. We don't world. have time to explain it to you right now, but just... You know. And it's really not that relevant to this topic. It's not. However, it I is will because say it this. gives us it calming. Gives us it gives pleasure. us calm and pleasure. And this is our this is our like non mom, non work, like just us thing. Yes. So that was the so thing that I was going to say. For that, is but. that like we have had, you know, uh, this idea of kind of like planning. My sister first introduced me to it, and I think decorating. <laughs> it sounds crazy, like decorating my calendar mm -hmm. and my list and all of those things you know, adding like some flair or some yeah. quotes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, for me, it just, it allows me a moment to like take stock and breathe. Yeah. And um, I just love it. And like you said, it's not a, it's not a mom thing. Yeah. It's not a business thing. Right. Like it is literally probably the one hobby that I, that and reading. Those yeah. are like the two hobbies that yeah, I have. Yeah, right yeah, now. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's essential to have something that is not related to like <clears throat> a role that you have to fill. Yes. That makes, that's a perfect that way to say sense, that. Right. Yep, and so exactly. it's something that we're doing like just for ourselves. We make, we, we have a scheduled time every Friday. That's we right. block out two hours. We may do it virtually or do it in person, but either way we do Most what we can. Most the planners and stickers yeah, out and We do what it. we can to make it work. And it's, um, it's definitely something that I look forward to at the end of every week. Cause it's kind of like, okay, I can kind of breathe for a minute. I can take stock and, I can either get my planner caught up for the week that we just had so that I Correct. don't forget what happened. Which I need or to do which I need on to a do. regular yeah, basis. Usually, yeah. Or we can prep for next week or prep for the month or like whatever we have coming up. So that's definitely been something for me. So the recommendation that I have is to find something that takes you outside of the roles that you have to fulfill, whatever that is for you, some type of hobby right. that gives you a sense of like calm. That's right. And yeah. pleasure. Like and it pleasure, definitely, of course. It gives yeah. us it gives us so much joy to, yeah. I think just to do that. And, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. And, and I'm very grateful for this hobby because to be completely honest, prior to January of this year, I've always had a full-time job mm -hmm. in addition to Zora's house, right. which essentially meant two full-time jobs yep. and kids yep. and everything else. Um, and for probably the last four or five years, like I, there has been nothing really outside of work and family and sometimes and village right yeah. like i'll go yep. to the community events and yeah. this and that but yeah. like that's it yeah. you know like work family village yep. that's all that's it. so yeah. just to like have now like something that brings me joy that's not related to a role i think that's a really great way to put that yeah yeah definitely so we're gonna switch gears <laughs> here a little bit glad i'm getting to the bottom of this yeah. cup <laughs> and we gonna we gonna get into the sexy side of momming <laughs> hey. the sexy side of momming Hey, hey, hey. Okay. So, I right, just do a little chair yeah, twirl. Right. Y'all missed that because y'all do, don't, get, do little, don't get below the table. Do a, but... little, do a little chair twirl real quick. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so but I'm laughing because these these questions are kind of deep, but you already know they come in. That's all right. We'll, we know. We'll we figure, already okay. talk about it. We so, before, about it. before you were a mom, what was your understanding of pleasure? And has your sense of pleasure changed or adjusted since you've become a mom and in what ways? So this is an interesting question, and I, I got a little bit emotional as, as Erica and I were kind of like prepping for this podcast, because for me, this really brings up, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I had experienced um, a traumatic event in college, and I, I, experienced a pretty, I experienced a pretty traumatic sexual assault when I was a freshman mm -hmm. in college that had lasting health ramifications for me, and um, it was just, it was something that I, you know, I think 
really shifted my understanding mm-hmm. of myself and my agency and my understanding of sex and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I contextualize and share that is because in a lot of ways, I think about like the person that I was before and after, like I mm. often think of my sexuality as like a before and after. Gotcha. And I, and I think that like when I met my husband, he was the first person, this was years later, I think about five, almost five years later, the first time he and I had sex and, um, you know, he was the very first person that I had felt that level of sensuality and intimacy mm-hmm. with that right. I was able to feel comfortable with right. on a sexual level. Yeah. And so I say that because in a lot of ways, like, you know, my marriage is, is really in the relationships that, um, you know, that I have with my husband is something that has been, um, yeah, I think it's been very, it's very, it, it, it is, uh, a safe place yes. in my life mm-hmm. and it always has been and right. so I think that that frames to me like you know about my sexuality as a mother mm-hmm. I can't take that out of con- out of the context of like the larger context of my marriage right. my partnership and my friendship with my husband um, which is kind of like my safe place in a lot of ways yeah. so I think for me and I had some nerves around what it was going to be like post baby right. I think because it took so much for me to feel safe in the situation that I was in. Mm -hmm. So then to like add this other element and be like, Mm -hmm. boom, now you're about to be a mom and like, you're going to have to navigate this. And that was really scary to me because I think there was still so much trauma that I hadn't even processed at that time that I was, I was kind of feeling like, Oh, I don't, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, um, on the physical level, like, that shit changes of after course, you have yeah. children. Right. Like, you yeah. kind of know that, but I feel like... But you like don't actually you know it until that shit happens. Like, oh, my. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there are, like, you know, scars and soreness in places uh-huh. that didn't used to exist. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. even just kind of, like, relearning that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then I think that, you know, there... Uh, and, and so I think that like that was like relearning my body like relearning myself yeah. um, was a huge part of just kind of like getting back comfort into you know who I am as a sexual person as a mom and yeah. I actually think it has yeah. less to do with my identity as a mom yeah. um, because to be honest I was just like what moms be fucking too how you think they got these kids <laughs> like you know like I never had that like I mean true I literally never had that kind of like respectability like yeah. oh you're oh, mom of course. Blah, yeah. blah, you know like right. or just yeah. feeling like yeah. oh now that I'm a mom like these things are gonna change yeah it was more so for me like having established a sense of safety in the circumstance that we were in that was very specific uh-huh. and then adding a new circumstance and having to reestablish yeah. that sense of safety which for me also came with being able to be very clear and communicative about my needs my yeah. comfort level and all of a sudden we were having to have a whole other round of conversations so absolutely like having to like get back into that yeah that headspace yeah no absolutely i mean i i definitely agree with that um yeah that's yeah I mean, I definitely didn't have, I didn't have the understanding of like, you know, as a mom, I shouldn't be having sex. It, it was, it's more so like my, uh, my like desire, my energy level, my like mental capacity for being like present, you know, and it's, and I don't know why, yes. but like my to-do list got longer. Oh, something to do with you having know, kids, maybe, maybe yeah, a little I mean, bit. I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't know why, but yes, I mean, I know why, but like, my to-do list got longer so then it's like you know how when you go to lay your head down at night you're thinking about your list for the night and so like that time frame took longer than it did before and that that like dipped into my time of like where I'm normally trying to get out of that mode to get into the mode of being a partner a sensual being you know so it's like navigating all of that was interesting for me and I think that I just noticed I just noticed changes in mainly like my desire and my level of like just arousal and wanting pleasure in general yes. because breastfeeding also plays a part in I was that. just about to say so this was the other well, piece of it as well so like the communicating of my kind of like the communication the like how the communication of my like shifting desires all of that like 100% played a role yeah and to your point those desires were shifting like yeah. You know, I was exhausted. I was oftentimes feeling we out here just like, don't worry about it. We gonna get it. Um, but you know, my my kind of like, uh, yeah, my just everything that you just said, yeah. like feeling tired, yeah. being able to feel present, 
um, you know, learning my body, the postpartum body, yeah. I gained weight Absolutely. after, yeah. you know, so there was a lot of things there that was really important and that feeling of being touched out. Like I also yeah. had oh. breastfed yep. and just for me, honestly, it wasn't even so much the, um, it wasn't even so much the, the physical, uh, being touched out, but it was the idea of like constantly being needed by somebody uh-huh. else. And it's like, yeah. I don't want anybody to need me for anything. Yep. Yep. Like, I yep. don't want my kids to need me yep. for anything. I don't want my husband to need me for anything. I don't want my parents to need me for anything. Yep. I don't want my friends to need me for anything. Like, it was the constant feeling of like, I'm always on call for yeah. other people in some way, shape, or form. That I think once I had kids and it felt like, damn, this never turns off. Like, we're literally yep. always on call. Yep. Like, yep. that feeling was very overwhelming to me, and I think it really kind of, like, lessened my desire for sex because mm-hmm. I really felt like I don't want to be... I don't want to be at the center of anybody's, like, need yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, even... Absolutely. Even yeah. something that I would feel pleasurable before, I was just like, I just want to be over here in the corner by myself. Yep. Like, leave yep. me alone. Yep, in my own little corner. That's it. That's Cinder- right, Cinderella. My own little corner, my own little in chair. My own little That's corner, all I my want. my own little chair. So, this next question we kind of already answered, so I'm gonna skip it. We gonna move to the next one because we were already talking about bodies. So yeah, we did. So so we've talked we talked about this before, but how like so I, I can I can answer this first if you want me to. But how do your feelings about your body post pregnancies impact your ability to kind of feel sexy or even see yourself as a sexual being? And then I I'm more interested in how that's impacted an intimate relationship with yourself. We've talked about how it's impacted our marriages and like mm-hmm. our relationship with our partners. But I'm thinking more so like. It took me a minute to even find the the desire to want to be intimate with me again, right? Like, and I and I don't know, you know, with Emery, I had gained all I had all that extra water, and so my skin on my stomach has literally stretched out. And then I had a C-section, an emergency C-section after 36 hours of labor with him, and then also had a scheduled C-section with Dia. So none of my organs like are back in the places where they were before. They just literally around. everything about my body is different. Everything has shifted. The way I'm like carrying my weight is different. The way that my body moves is different. Um, you know, and so it's it's just kind of figuring out like how to navigate that you know like even the way that I used to be able to pleasure myself has changed because my body is different and things aren't the same (laughs) you know so like just kind of what has that experience been like for you what's that journey been like for you I think it's interesting because the first place that I go is really thinking about um the way my so I'm I'm gonna bring you through my train of thought because a lot of things just kind of like happened in my head so (laughs) I thought about the fact that like damn my body is different and because my body is different and I don't really love the way my body looks I I've ended up over the last couple years like dressing in clothes that I don't really love and like don't feel I don't feel flying everything feels very functional yeah and because I'm dressing like that I don't really do my makeup anymore the way I used to yep and because I don't get dressed and I walk around in my pajamas with no makeup Mm -hmm. on all the time like I don't feel sexy I don't feel like beautiful yeah um a lot of the time and I think that you know, I focus on other things. I'm just like, listen, I don't got to be beautiful to get this website done. This so, is true. You know, I think it's easier at times <laughs> for me to just like yeah. really get into the areas where I feel like I'm really kicking ass or where I'm really succeeding. Yeah. Like, well, let me go work. Let me yeah. go build Zora's house. Let yeah. me go, you know, do this speaking engagement yeah. and get that positive affirmation for the ways that I'm showing up. Yeah. Um, that allow me to kind of like distance myself for the way that I feel in my body when it comes to being a sexual and sensual being. Yeah. Um, yeah. so the, the long answer, the shorter answer is that like, there's to me like been kind of like this steady, like, you know, decline and disengagement of myself as like a sexual and a sexy mm-hmm. feeling, attractive yeah. feeling yeah. person. Right. Um, that I think also comes from, you know, not feeling strong in my body and, you know, haven't been working out the way I, I never loved working out, but just like just a lot of different things that I think I kind of like have struggled with. And I'm just now getting back into a place where I can consider those in real ways. So one of the things I want to encourage y'all for those of you who are listening, um, is to recognize the same way I talked about earlier that like sometimes a ball is going to get dropped. Mm. I also believe that like you can't be working on every aspect of your life at all times, right? Like, and so for me, this has been the, probably one of the lowest priorities. I'm just like, but you fine. Like, we'll be fine. 
I'll figure it out at some point. And, you know, I've really allowed myself to kind of like lean into some of the other things that are going on in my life, even just like exploring my motherhood and like really mm. leaning into my business, growing Zora's house. Um, I am only just now and literally like in this year, mm-hmm. I've really started to like have these thoughts and questions with myself and process some of this with my therapist um, and all of that. So, you know, to be continued, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, right. a, I'm a to be continued like everybody yeah. else. But yeah. that's one of those questions that has come up for me now that I am making space to really address in ways that I, I haven't. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, that I yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, there's been slow changes for me too like Dia's almost two years old now and which is like I don't understand how time works but (laughs) anyways we won't get emotional about that today um and so you know I'm at like kind of this point now where like first off I need to be able to chase my children because Dia has a a a kindred attraction to running into a street like at any given moment and so my like you know I've noticed that like I can't get out the blocks like I used to girl (laughs) for a multitude of reasons but I definitely can't get out the blocks and I'll be damned if my child gets into the street because I can't chase her you know what I'm saying so it's like so it's it's kind of those sorts of things I mean granted how often are we playing by a street like that's not very often but you know how I process I go worst case scenario so that I'm pleasantly surprised when shit don't end up that way (laughs) so I'm like so I'm like in the in the in the off chance that we play and buy a street because my because my yeah right like no because I'm over here out of breath hyperventilating trying to chase you so you know I mean it's just kind of like those sorts of things like with the world opening back up and it's starting to be nice outside and like us wanting to take the kids outside and like you know do all those sorts of things like it's giving me um you know the vibes of like I can start prioritizing like moving more you know and I, I think I'm just agree. trying to keep it simple, like move more. That's really yeah, just where it's at. I literally wrote in my planner. See? But I literally wrote in my Full planner circle. that like I <laughs> wanted to take just one walking meeting a week. That's it. That's yeah. just to start. Like yeah. I have a lot of meetings during the day. Some of my meetings, I'm at the point now where I'm used to them being on Zoom or whatever. But sometimes what I'll do if I don't have to share a screen or look at a screen, I'll be like, hey, can we talk on the phone? And then I'll just like get on the phone and just walk around the block yeah. for like that whole hour just yeah. like I'm not running I'm not jogging yeah. I'm literally just like walking mm-hmm. my neighborhood for like an hour as I'm like having this meeting yeah. and so it's like it really is the small things that yeah. I think for me it's it's it goes back to and this is probably like a really good way to start you know honestly to leave this interview but I think it goes back to viewing my myself as worthy Absolutely. and viewing myself as worth the time and yeah. energy and investment yeah. um, for pleasure yeah. and thinking of myself as you know um beautiful and sexy and deserving um and those are all things that i know are gonna come from me and so that's that's where i've really been kind of working over the last couple months yeah no i think that's a i think that's a great way to to end the interview for sure because it's it's a it's a journey to to find those points where like you can start appreciating yourself on those levels but i think that acknowledging that that's going to be an ongoing journey really no matter the stage in your life whether you're a mom or just a human being in general I mean we're talking about momming because that's our life and this is supposed to be the Mother's Day episode and like all those sorts of things however a lot of what we're saying is relevant for people who are not you know moms at the time and so I think um yeah just understanding that you are worthy of these things right you're worthy of pleasure you're worthy of joy and aside from all the other roles that you play they will be enhanced when you can have the best relationship with yourself first, right? So like nurturing, nurturing you will inevitably make Absolutely. you show up in a better way for all the other people in your life who who need you for shit and who rely on you for things. So as often Erica as we Butler, can remember, dropping this wisdom as always. I hope y'all wrote that down. You can't pour from an empty cup. This is true, and you can't pour from an empty clit. Yeah. So well, don't amen. even try. Hey, and while we over here talking about clits, hold on. Look, I got my new my new team members have joined the party here. <laughs> I'm still looking. At, currently, I'm still looking for names for them. So you know, if you, if, have, if some you have some, put them in the comments. This is the new tag team here. This is the, the original juicy. You know, I liked her. She was a little small, <clears throat> so I wanted to get them printed bigger. So I, so I did a little custom uh, order. But anyway, so now we got three. We out here we winning. Got three. We winning. We, we winning. Out, we out here winning. Um, this is airing in May, which I would like to state is also National Masturbation Month. So um, 
you know, there will be plenty of content coming in the month of May from Happy Sex Talk to encourage and support you in those in those, in, in those efforts to celebrate and <laughs> to those commemorate this holiday to commemorate the month long holiday that should really just be year long. I mean, it's fine, but there is a month specifically dedicated to the enjoyment of pleasure uh, through masturbation. So I think we're I think I feel good about this. You you feel like I all hearts not, and minds are clear. I feel like we're in a good place. I did not have to blink three times. Hey. I think those of y'all who were looking out just you on know, the ready. You know. On the ready to send support if it hadn't been necessary, but <laughs> Um, appreciate y'all listening and enjoying this and hopefully uh, it blessed some of y'all in some way I don't know how but hopefully it did so we said that the version of Superwoman that we gonna end on is Lil Mo Lil Mo man so let's bless you one more time on the way out bless you one more time on the way out with this because uh, (laughs) Fab come on the first Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye.